You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in. It's Tuesday Night Football. We appreciate you hanging with us on the BGN Radio Instant Reaction Show. Myself, Jess, Rachel, with you for a little bit here to break down what we saw on a crazy week with a crazy game, with a crazy set of circumstances, couple of wild outlier plays in the first half. The Philadelphia Eagles finally settled down. They show and prove that they're clearly the better team against this man down times 20 Washington squad. But you know what? It was just never meant to be crisp. It was never meant to be clean from the jump. Not when they moved the game from Sunday to Tuesday. Most importantly, and we'll break everything down, some good, some bad, maybe some frustration, I think more so than bad. But look, bottom line is it's a wild set of circumstances in the first place just to be playing on Tuesday night. Yes, they had the benefit of being at home. And yes, those extra days got Jalen Hurts even healthier. But you got to win against a divisional opponent. Just look at it that way, because we've seen plenty of times in years prior where the Eagles have gone up against one of the three teams in the NFC East, not decimated by COVID or dealing with a ton of injuries and just a crazy wacky set of circumstances or a bad bounce of the ball or a game that should be 42-40 is 10-3 or vice versa. So it didn't just take COVID at a Tuesday night to see some craziness. Bottom line, the Eagles right now, dare I say, in a playoff push with just domination on the ground once again. Jess, we see this team, some positive moments, just continuing to dominate on the ground as good as anybody in the league in years doing this consecutively week in and week out. And look, it didn't start great, but again, some outlier circumstances, right? It's not like Jalen Hurts was staring down a cornerback and threw into his chest. It's a ball went off Dallas Goddard's heel, but... We have a win to talk about on a rare, weird. I was combining the two, weird and rare. Rare, yeah. weird Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, thank God this Tuesday night football experience wasn't the same as the last Tuesday night football experience we had because oh, that was that was also one of the weirdest, rarest <laughs> forms yes. of any kind of sport I've ever seen yes. in my life. And, and I remember being there, and it was – freezing it was so cold and what was that final score like eight to seven or eight to six or something wild it was horrific so as soon as that first play happened I was like oh my god oh my god I, I I thought it was I thought it was all gonna go downhill from there but they I mean clearly you know sometimes they look crisp coming out of a bye sometimes a team you know looks just needs to shake some of that rust off especially when a buy, I think, is so late in the season. 
you're used to playing every week. You're used to kind of pushing through a little bit. And, you know, they got an extra couple days off as well, which made it even, even, you know, more just to, to kind of get their head straight to start. And then obviously you add the weather in there, which wasn't something that would have been there had they played on Sunday. So couple, exactly as you said, a couple weird outliers in the beginning, but completely did not let that define the game. Um, and, Ultimately, you know, I thought there were some hiccups here and there, but this was a as good of a game as you could have asked for, especially from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, look, things were not crisp by any means in that first quarter because of issues that were not necessarily Hurts' fault, like right. that Goddard dropped to the back of the heel. I, I do think overall... When you look at the score, and I think Sanchez said this kind of, or, or maybe it was Kugler at the end of the broadcast about how it's not indicative of how much the Eagles, and I think once you take that first quarter out, mm -hmm. this was a completely different football game. So, you know, Chris on the chat right away, and I don't took, I didn't take this just as a negative comment with the three dots at the end. It wasn't like there were three exclamation points. It kind of seemed like more of an afterthought of, come on, you know, it shouldn't be this close. Sure. I think the frustration should probably be more so on why it wasn't 17, 10 or 27, 10 at the half, or maybe why this young man and what Gilbert, right? Gilbert yeah. wasn't on his back more times than he completed passes. So yeah. I get it. Like you could point at a couple of things, but ultimately it wasn't as close as the score really was at the end. No. And, and again, I think that when looking at everything and I, you know, it, it ultimately, everything has to come back to Jalen hurts, right? Because that's, that was the biggest question mark of the season. That was sort of what we had to evaluate. We knew there were going to be other issues, but the Jalen hurts quarterback situation is what needs sort of an answer, you know, between week one and, and week 17. So these are the or 18 or however many weeks are in the season this year. Um, <laughs> we got you. <laughs> these are the things that, you know, it, it ultimately comes back to him. And when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, you know, what was left in, you know, the bad taste that was left in your mouth from Jalen Hurts almost a month ago was the horrific game he played against the Giants, right? So then Gardner Minshew comes in. You and I talked about it right after the game. Exact same kind of game plan. 20 for 25. They still, you know, ran the ball 40 times, only threw the ball 25 times. I could have gone 20 for 25 against the New York Jets. Anybody really could have actually. Yep. Um, so they had the same exact game plan. It wasn't like they, they adjusted the game plan. It was still the same. But then you come into this week, you're not sure what you're going to get. You're not sure about his injury, X, Y, Z. Ultimately, you know, like you said, kind of taking out that first quarter, once the offense started rolling, the problem once again ended up being the defense. And again, the game gets within three points yeah. in the fourth quarter. And what do you still need? You need your quarterback to take you directly down the field to score so it is not that close and there's still a cushion. And Jalen Hurts did, I mean, that was one of the, the best drives of Jalen Hurts' young career to this point. That I would I might venture to say that was one of the best throws he's he's made in his career to this point. So you know, ultimately, as you're looking at, you know, things that need to be evaluated and question marks that are still there, you know, I still have this bigger problem with the defense, what they're doing, how they're executing and the people that they have in the defensive side, yeah. way more than I have questions about about what Jalen Hurts could potentially do or worry about drafting a quarterback in the first round. 
You know, it's interesting is normally when you see a team run the ball so much and hold on to the ball so much, it's just natural to think they're well, especially if they're successful. That's the key thing. You're going to keep right. doing that over and over again, because that's the easiest path in this league to winning. But there's also the sense of, well, you could also keep another team's offense off the field. And I think it's gotten to the point right now where the Eagles, and again, maybe it's just different means to the same end. I get it. But the Eagles are essentially doing themselves a better plus positive by keeping their own defense off the field than an opposing quarterback, no matter who that quarterback is. And I think tonight with Gilbert, it showed. Now, look, he's in the NFL. I get it. But they pulled this kid off the street. He was saying that he was giving his daughter a bath and then had to come in and have a couple of days of practice. And it didn't look like that scheme was one that would illustrate a team going after a guy who was so fresh. It looked like they were playing a much better quarterback and preparing for a much better quarterback like Tannehill or not Tannehill, uh, Heineke. Sorry. It looked like they were going out preparing for Heineke as opposed to a third string quarterback. Right. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is you, you wonder if that's any different with with Taylor Heineke. Uh, there you wonder if the the football team is able to play a different game based on the way that the Eagles defense is set up and and we're we're operating you 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 wonder how bad does this get no I uh, again I don't I don't want to be you know me I don't like to look for reasons to be grumpy I like to enjoy wins but it is it's 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 a you know something to think about that you know Ultimately, I, I still walk away from this game. You're happy they won. Yeah. Extremely pleased with the the offense. I was not a fan of the first trip to the red zone play calling. I thought that Jalen Hurts made a bad decision, A, throwing the ball to Devontae Smith in, in double coverage there. But I also yeah. was not a fan of any of the, the, the play calls in the red zone at that point in time. But I thought everything else beyond that, it was a pretty flawless game, in my opinion, from the offense. But I still walk away from that game thinking, wow, they played great. It was a great game from that side of the ball. And what does the defense still have to show for themselves? Yeah. Nothing. Sorry. Nothing. Well, it's nothing. The, the answer is nothing. I know, but I killed that dramatic pause that you <laughs> no, did really all okay. that setting up. And I'm like, shit. No, you're <laughs> right. And, and, and I think... Look, Nick Bruins on the chat has the point, and and this is the micro of all points for the season, which is that final play at the end of the first half, I think, and we see this every week. If it's Slay, if it's Cox, or maybe if it's Maddox, if it's somebody else, it's a play. It's an individual making one hell of a play. Hmm. It's not set up by a stunt. It's not set up by a scheme. It's not set up by moving somebody to a safety on one coverage. It's set up by one of these guys who happen to be playing at an outstanding level. And I agree with you, Nick. I think, you know, we all do here where Cox played his ass off. Yeah, it's that it's that. And and again, you shouldn't be getting bailed out by your players. You shouldn't be getting bailed out by your offense. That shit works against Gilbert, Jess, but it doesn't work against Mahomes. It doesn't work against the best. It doesn't work against Rogers, against Brady, against Prescott. It doesn't work. Right. It's, it's, it's not going to work against someone who's had more than three days of practice with the team they're, they're playing for. I will say, I don't know if you saw I'll have to retweet it. I'll have to tweet it. There's a video yes. of Gilbert screaming before he thro- he's throwing and getting hit on that one of those last plays. It's 
so sensational to watch because he's quite literally like screaming in panic as a bunch of men are running <laughs> at him. And he just, it's when he lets that ball fly on that last play where, where he it goes got, nowhere, where it goes nowhere. It's yeah. spectacular. But, and, and I think that was the one time though, that he actually looked scared. Like, again, you said it, you know, he's in the NFL, but also, you know, you 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 encounter a, a quarterback that has had literally more than three days of practice with a bunch of starters who aren't on a COVID list or aren't on you know injured reserve for whatever reason, and and you know that defense does not that does not give you what you need it to, and you're putting then way too much on a young offense who is you know has their rhythm, knows what their strengths are, and is finally performing, you know, their game plan and performing it well and executing it week in, week out against whatever team is in front of them. But that's still, I think, putting a lot on on that offense when I've said it before, you've said it, you have a you have a, a defense full of veterans. They're just yeah. they're just not doing enough, unfortunately. No, beyond frustrating. Absolutely. I will say, and I see Josh McMahon asking the question. I can only assume Josh had Sanders as an anytime TD bet or maybe a rushing TD bet because the pain I, I feel by all means. But look, the reality is, and hopefully you saw the graph out there. If you're hanging with us, hit that thumbs up button. Also make sure you're subscribed here to the channel. Sanders, first guy to do this back to back since a long time, since Shady, 100 yards. And I, I think when you look back at the offense, because clearly that's going to be the brightest of tonight. It's so cool to see what we thought should happen. It was almost like they were off track, right? At the start of the year, Sanders was healthy. He was ready to go. But for some reason, the coach didn't want to run the ball and sure as hell didn't want to run him. Sanders gets hurt. And then all of a sudden it's like epiphany. Let's start running the football. Sanders comes back and we were still that game or two. We were still kind of concerned. Like, how is this going to happen? I think we've seen the culmination of this where it's a crazy one-two punch of Hertz and Sanders, which can be as deadly as really what the Ravens were planning on doing before they lost their, what, five guys in the backfield. And I would say even better than the Bills because Sanders is better than both Bills running backs. This is a crazy dynamic, Jess, that not many teams have in the NFL. No. No, uh, you look at what they had tonight and, and you know, adding Jordan Howard in there as well. Miles yeah. Sanders had 18 carries for 131 yards. Jordan Howard, 15 for 69 yards. Jalen had eight carries for 38 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you know, over he Jalen Hurts had over 300 yards total, but they had, what, 200 some on the ground? I can't yeah. do math that fast. No, 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 you're right. It was over 200 because it was 131 and 69 for Howard and Sanders alone. Not right. to mention Hertz. Yeah, that's two hundred. Trust right your math. Trust yeah. trust your math here. Oh, I am I am not good at math. I'm married to a math teacher, so our children oh. never have to know how poor I am at math. It's it's so wonderful. <laughs> Smart. I have to rely on my my own math for nothing. <laughs> but yes, so so over two hundred yards on the ground, and and yeah, Sam makes a good point here as well. Broke Vic's record for single season mm -hmm. rushing touchdowns for an Eagles quarterback, and they're still. There's still a lot of games left. So, you know, he he's doing some amazing things right now. And the two of them together are, it, it, it really is 
an awesome and potentially scary duo, and especially behind a, you know, when healthy offensive line. And I thought tonight, you know, Suopeta had had the one penalty. Jordan Mailata had two pretty uncharacteristic yeah. penalties. But again, after the first quarter, I don't know if they trickled into the second quarter at all, but really after that first yeah. half, that offensive line pulled it together and and they were sensational. Their blocks out in front, Jason Kelsey flying downfield, like Johnson flying downfield. They were just, I mean, when, when you put those things together, they, they can play with anybody. It's just a matter of, can they stop anybody? <laughs> right, right. And, and it goes back to, I think, where we become eternally frustrated because we know all of us. And, you know, I see uh, my guy Andale B on there talking about you know, making the playoffs and it would be Gannon's fault 100% if, in fact, they lose. And, and we all are waiting for that. And I think that's what this stretch it's weird because I don't think we're waiting for this other shoe to fall in the proverbial sense. I think it's just we've seen this team, even in that Giants loss, we've seen this defense take advantage of worse situation. Mike Glennon, like the fact that the Jets offense is atrocious, even though they had that little stretch in that game. Same thing here. They get outlier plays in the first quarter. They get 10 plays or 10 points, pardon me, off two turnovers. But in the back of our mind, and it's creeping to the middle point until we actually get there against Dallas, you know that you're not going to get away with this against better teams. So it's hard to just, for me at least, Jess, it's hard for me to ignore it. It's hard for me to yeah. look at this tonight and say, hey, you know what? They gave up 17 points. Nobody really ran the ball against them. Guys made plays. Come on. Come on. Yeah, but at the same time, I know that at some point they're going to play against a better team and the stuff we've talked about week in and week out, much like in the beginning of the season where they didn't run and then they started to run, it's going to happen with the defense. Why, right. Why are we sitting here saying, you know, 17 points by by some man named named Gilbert is <laughs> is acceptable? Why are, why are we satisfied with yeah. that? I know that 17 points typically is absolutely, you know, more than fine to win you a football game. But again, when this man has literally had two and a half days of practice with the team and he still puts 17 points up on you, that that's an issue. It's an it's it's an issue because there were times when, you know, you you could see when they went soft. And it's infuriating to to watch it happen. Because it happens week in, week out, doesn't matter who they're playing. When you're playing a team that is completely decimated. Mm -hmm. or a team that is as bad as the Jets, you, it does, it, it, I don't understand, like, this isn't high school, this isn't middle school, we're not playing, like, Pop Warner peewee football out here, where you have to, like, be nice to everybody all the time, and you have to, like, think about the other team's feelings, that's not, <laughs> this is, this is the NFL, this is the highest level of football in the entire world, this is a bunch of grown men that should go out there and beat the shit out of other grown men and not feel bad about it. Thank so you. why are we going out there playing soft against a decimated team? Like, do you want them to score points to feel good about themselves? No, go out there and freaking stop them and then stop them again and then stop right. them again. And when you know what they're going to have to do to try to come back against you, make it worse. That's what the Eagles did in 2017. A lot. And it was fun. We had a good time in 2017. If anybody remembers, that was a fun, a fun year. We had a really good time from start to finish. So let's do things like that again, because this sitting here watching stupid mistakes left and right and letting some guy who was 
sitting on his couch a week ago, come in and just look like a starting NFL quarterback is not acceptable at this point. It's just not. Yeah. That that's the thing though, is I, I think the the operative term that you just used is looked like a starting quarterback, right? He didn't dominate tonight. I don't think that either one of us are no. saying that he did, but it's the fact that there was a threat up until that final really couple of throws, really last throw, there was always a threat for him to make a play downfield. And that should never have existed. And look, we're watching it. So maybe Fletcher Cox or Darius Slay will say elsewhere else. Uh, otherwise, if you will, on the field, but the reality is it just looked like it. It, it had that feel watching this game and yeah, I would have loved to see this team depart from the typical soft shell, just let guys make throws and put five, six guys up there and actually apply pressure. And if it does, if you don't get to him, you're exhausting this down offensive line who's dealing with COVID and injury anyway by putting all this pressure. You're the healthier team. You're the one at home. Look like it. Come out aggressive. Come out and put six, seven, eight guys in the box and dare them to now do something because you know that even if he's throwing the football, this is a guy, a third-string quarterback, who may not even be able to read a hot route. So put all of the pressure until proven otherwise. I think that's kind of generally where our frustration is, especially because the offense, look, and I get it, the first quarter was shit. You move past that. But the offense showed some creativity. It showed some aggression. Definitely, it, it wasn't just handing the ball off between the guards, which we've brought up in weeks prior. This right. looked like a, an aggressive attack, physical offense first. Yep. And why are we saying that the offense feels more physical as a scheme and as approach than the defense more often than not? It just doesn't add up. This was an offense that wanted to come out and make a statement in the NFC East after a shit year last year, after being beaten twice by the Washington football team last year. After, you know, starting 0-2 in the division this year, this was an offense that looked like and prepared like they wanted to come out, make a statement, and put up 30 points. Yeah. The defense looked like they also wanted to have 30 points going <laughs> from their end as well. So I, I think that's the difference. Like, when you have an offense, again, because everyone was expecting to have to be more patient with the offense, and expecting to have to deal with more of these growing pains. And the defense is what has been consistently the most frustrating aspect. Obviously, there have been frustrating games here and there, frustrating moments from the offense, from different guys as we've seen. But consistently, the defense has been the frustration starting week one. Even though week one, you know, they smacked the Atlanta Falcons. We still came on the show after and said, let's talk about how much, how, how, how much Mike Davis just ran freely up and down the field. That's yeah. going to be a problem when they face a better NFL team. And it was, and we saw these things kind of grow and kind of grow and kind of grow. And this defense really has not improved. Like you said, there are guys that are making plays for you and bailing them out here and there. Fletcher Cox today made a couple big plays. Darius Slay's weeks or three weeks in a row where he had he had a touchdown. All of those things were not necessarily based on defensive scheme. It's your guys stepping up and making plays, and it just doesn't happen enough. 
And the offense has been what's carried you through, and they've been what's excited us almost through this season. And while we expected exciting points, we didn't expect the offense to be what we had to rely on to win some of these games. If you would have asked me in August if there were games that, you know, we had to rely, you know, if you had to rely on the offense or the defense, which games do you think you're winning? I would have had, I would have said defense. If you, if you have to on your defense, those are the games you're going to win. If we have to rely on the offense, I don't think so. It is quite literally the opposite. If Jalen Hurts needs to go down and, and give you a drive to make sure you win the game, I have complete confidence in him running out there, leading them right down the field, scoring and no problem. That doesn't concern me at all. When the defense has to come back out there and make a stop to win the game, that concerns me. That's the problem. Yeah. No, it's it's become a surprise over the last month and a half if a drive ends without at least a field goal attempt. And it usually takes something crazy, like a drop or a, a ridiculous holding call, or every now and again the ball goes off somebody's heel and it gets intercepted. Like, you know, ridiculous stuff. But right. it, it's feeling like the confidence that I have each and every time they have the ball. Meanwhile, I just don't know what it's a grab bag <laughs> defense is just like, okay, you know, the old thing where you reach your hand and you see, you don't, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. You, you might get the prize. You might get bit. Like you don't know what you're going to get. And it's beyond frustrating. No. And I understand. And, and I don't know how many games, how many weeks it's going to take in order for this thing to, to look better, to clear up, to improve as far as confidence that we have in it. It may just be a meaningful game like Dallas against, Dak at the end of the year. It may be a playoff game if, in fact, they're they're fortunate enough to make it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. 
That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I did see something real quick, and, and this is from uh, Bo316. This is way back. Foot interception called by butt fumble. That's funny. The odds of that happening, right? Uh, first of all, how horrific is Mark Sanchez? I mean, is he worse as a player or as a an announcer? Because, my God, he started <laughs> off by, like, talking shit about how uh, you know, Dallas Goddard and, and Jalen Hurts have no chemistry. And then there were some questions then raised by, you know, how well he played against the Jets. And I was like, Mark, stop telling everybody that you haven't watched any Eagles football this year. It's fine. Right, you right. don't have to have watched Eagles football this year. <laughs> stop telling everybody. Then he started bringing up Chip Kelly. And I was like, if you don't F right off and shut your mouth, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. He's and then he's ripping Harold Carmichael. I mean, he was just taking shot after shot. How dare you? How dare right. you? Ever, right. let alone on his Hall of Fame night. <laughs> Mark Sanchez and I have some serious beef right now. I have yeah. I have bones to pick with him. <laughs> Terrible. Legit beef. Not that made-up beef that he was talking about with Carmichael just to kill five minutes in a game that he couldn't announce. What was even happening during that time? Was that was that a review of something? Because my God, they should have just gone to commercial. Someone should have made. Someone should have cut that microphone right off. Yeah, I'm surprised, right? Just like go down to Laura or, or like have Kugler and Laura do the game, and uh, we're dealing with some. Mark's mic is broken. Just give us a minute. You know, something there. Anything. I Anything. didn't realize he was. Did you know this? And, and shame on me for not knowing this, but. I didn't know he was doing games. Yeah. Cause I, I just think like based on watching red zone here and there, I, there've been a couple where he, he's popped up left. Oh and my right. goodness. And, but I, I don't think I've actually sat through like what, if the Eagles aren't playing or if it's not a national game, like Sunday or Thursday or Monday, I'm not, I'm not watching a, one specific game through. Usually it's red sure, zone. Sure. On. So I haven't lit, sat through a game. He has called. It's brutal. Thank God. That was torturous. That almost ruined my Christmas. If if, the, yeah. if that combined with a potential Eagles loss, that would have ruined my Christmas. We would have canceled. Yes, <laughs> because you know why? You would have been hyper-focused on all the shit that was coming out of Sanchez's mouth if they had lost that game. And you'd be like, see? And on top of all that, he was bringing up Chip Kelly. What the? Oh, I would have, I would have lost it. My husband already gives me so much shit because the things that come out – I have nothing positive to say about anyone at any point in time. Like I we're sitting I there and I'm like, he has the ugliest hair in the NFL. <laughs> and he's like, what is, you have nothing nice to say ever. And when things are going poorly for the, the Philadelphia team, it just gets worse. Mm. So that would have been a whole horrific situation. If I had, if, if Mark Sanchez was driving me nuts, plus the Eagles lost bad times, very bad times. Yeah. Nobody's going to fault you. I'm not personally going to fault you for, for the Sanchez disdain. It's, it's hate. It's disdain. It's just everything balled up. Now, you knew this was going to come here at some point. Tony on the chat 
Did we talk about Rager yet? We did not talk about Jalen Rager and his one play yet. So shame on us for not bringing up Jalen Rager and his one. It was a big one. It was great. No, two. He had two. He had two plays. Okay, shame on me. He had a big catch, Welcome and then he had that huge play at the end of the game. Still not sure why he's back there returning, but that's a different story. He at least showed up. I tell you, if Gilbert looked like a quarterback tonight, then Rager at least looked like for two plays a wide receiver tonight. Yeah, I think they need to try something else with, at 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 returning punts. I, I just he just Gainwell, anyone. He yeah. just he just makes every wrong decision, and it you can see it. You watch it unfold. It's it's un, it's really. I mean, it's it's like watching a toddler try to play Madden. <laughs> it's like you, they don't know what they're doing. They're just hitting buttons and hoping that the person goes forward and eventually they break through for a touchdown. And that's yep. that's what Jalen Rager on punt returns is. I just. I want I want him to do well so bad. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, though. If he was drafted in the second round, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. It's only because of the Justin Jefferson thing that is going to haunt us until the end of time. It's yeah, so sad right. to watch. But here's the thing. If, if I know for a fact that Jalen Rager is not going anywhere. Like, if the team is going to come back and say at the end of next season, look, you all are stuck with this kid, so just deal with it, then I can take tonight. Like, I, because my expectations will be tonight. My expectations will be three, four grabs, 40 to 50 yards with, with maybe a little boost in there. You're going to get an opportunity to catch a touchdown. I don't want him, and this has always been my concern with Rager, is he's not anywhere near consistent enough to be out there to take targets away from Devontae Smith and even Quez Watkins. And I know Quez didn't do much tonight, but you still have that capability with Quez at a greater extent than you do with Rager. And you're right, politics when you get drafted, Justin Jefferson, all this stuff is going to be molded together. But I could, if I know, like if, if I don't have my way back to being a toddler and I'm told, shut up, this is what's going to happen here, then I, I kind of, I, I can take tonight because he's a 3-4 wide receiver at best. But sure. if they continue to try and jam him, like we saw in that Giants game we saw elsewhere, that's where I'll have a major problem. He's not a 1-2 wide receiver on any football team. Right. And, and I think that, you know, everything that we've been told up to this point was his speed, his speed, his speed. When they actually utilize that, that's where his strength is. And you see what he can kind of do in that open space. Um, and and you're right. he He's not the guy that you can rely on, unfortunately. And, you know, maybe he'll he'll surprise us and have have a season where he does break out a little bit better and he does become reliable. I mean, if if, if Nelson Aguilar can do it for a season, anybody can. Um, Nelson yeah. Aguilar was the most reliable receiver in in 2017, and he led the team in yards. And he was the other than Corey Clement. I think he was the second leading receiver in the Super Bowl. Corey Clement was one and, and Nelson Aguilar was two. And Nelson Aguilar had two really big third and fourth down catches that allowed them to win the Super Bowl and then, you know, went right back to doing his Nelson Aguilar things right after. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I, I, so, so never say never. I still, I'm not going to not hold out hope, 
but you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he can be more involved. And because I, I don't think, I think he had the potential to be a first round kind of talent, not a Justin Jefferson first round talent, but a first round wide receiver talent nonetheless. And I just think that, you know, he, he needs to, you know, what he did tonight was great. And I just, I just hope he can build on that. I just think the frustration with him has mounted so far that he has these two plays and it's like, Oh, congratulations. Thank you. But you know, you want him to continue to grow. You have to understand that he's still young. He's been frustrating. The drops have been frustrating. The politics of it, as you said, plays into it a lot. Um, he, he had a good game tonight. He was really helpful for them tonight. That big play at the end obviously was huge. Um, so I, I, they, you know, I just, I hope that they continue to incorporate those types of plays into their game plan for him to maybe get him the confidence that he needs, you know, going, going forward. Yeah. And and look, Tony, he has a good game. You rip him bad game. You rip him good game for Hertz. Praise him. Hertz is a bad game. You praise him. I, I don't think it's that cut and dry. I think over the how 14 games they've played, I'd argue that Jalen Hurts has had three games you could classify as good. So the issue has always been, why is somebody who is so inconsistent continuing to be out there? And the Giants game is the where it all culminates, where he's out the same amount of targets as both Smith and Goddard combined. So that is where all, and I, I'll say our, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jess, Rachel as well. We'll get some tweets up here with Rachel. But I think that's where the majority of our frustration has always stemmed from, which is not that he's on the team, not that he's out there, but if he's vulturing targets away from other guys, if he's consistently playing snaps above Watkins, who may be able to play a little more consistent, or Devontae Smith or Dallas, even Dallas Goddard at the tight end spot. So that's where the frustration has always stemmed. And even tonight, you know, it's it's very compact. Three quick targets, three grabs, you get those yards, and then that's it. But that's his good game. That's really a ceiling that we've seen so far for him as a good game. And we only saw that three times really this year, Jess. Right. And I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, this is now a second season. Yeah. I know that Jalen Rager had some injury issues last year. He broke his hand or something in there, broke his thumb and was out for five or six games, but this is our second season of seeing this same thing from, from Jalen Rager, these same kind of issues, these same, mistakes and and you know it, it it can be frustrating and it's something that can be adjusted and can be eliminated by doing things like they did tonight with him to get him involved but not put him in situations where you'd rather have a Devonte Smith in that situation you'd rather have a Dallas Goddard in that situation you'd rather have a Quez Watkins in that situation the difference between Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of this football team. From week one until the end, aside from injury, we're riding with Jalen Hurts. That's what it is. You knew that's what was coming. They're not benching him for no reason unless he physically cannot play because of an injury. So we have to sit here and evaluate all of these things, and you have to talk about all of the different things that go into it. Personally, I don't think aggressively shitting on a guy who's never played a full season in the NFL is the right thing to do. I also don't think there's a better option for the Eagles right now in the next year or two than Jalen Hurts. 
I think he, I think it's dumb to not give him the room to grow. I think it's dumb to not give him the benefit of the doubt. We have tried several times to give Jalen Rager the benefit of the right. doubt, and unfortunately, he's continuously let us down. So, yes, we are going to give him credit for the game he played tonight because it was one of the better ones we have seen from him, but we also hope that that can continue. With Jalen Hurts, yeah, there have been hiccups along the way, but we've also seen what he can do. We've seen him grow in 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 some aspects of his game. There are still things, obviously, that that need work, but you know, you've seen the adjustments and you've seen the growth from this team and this offense consistently throughout the season. We still haven't seen that from Jalen Rager in almost now two full years. Now, could that be part of the issue is utilization? Absolutely. But there are things like footballs hitting you directly in the hands that then bounce off your face that are really, really difficult to just ignore. Yeah. Very true. It's it's a very difficult point to argue when we've seen so many of those things play out in front of us and we're left looking at like what what really what what the hell just happened here. Right. But look, they they win the game tonight and Rager was definitely part of it. Two of those three grabs were gigantic as far as in in momentum of it. And just like Greg Ward's catch at the end with that throw from Hertz, guys were stepping up with more of a limited opportunity than we saw Dallas Goddard, who was just a monster when it came to receptions and volume. I am curious. And and I think a lot of this is going to be positive. I would imagine, right. With Rachel's doing a fantastic job, putting up all your comments on there, everything that we're talking about as you type them, post them, she's putting them up and also looking at Twitter as well. So I imagine it's going to be mostly positive. But then again, like I've been wrong every week. This is like a running bit here where I'm thinking, well, it's got to be all positive now. And somebody finds something. I, I can see people being frustrated with Gilbert. I want to call him Garrett. But it is it Garrett Gilbert? Is that I why think, I want to call him Garrett? I think that is his name. I just like okay. Gilbert is much more fun. Me too. But, and <laughs> for some reason, I wanted to call Gilbert Garrett, not Garrett Gilbert. That's why I got caught up in it. That'll, that'll but, <laughs> outside of that. I would imagine that the majority of tweets would be positive with Hertz and the offense, right? For the most part, there's okay. no, most people seem like they're just, they're not really surprised. It was kind of just like, we expected this. Like, this is what yeah. we needed. I'm not seeing a lot of drastically negative. I'm not seeing overly excited. It's kind of just like, we got the job done. That's what I'm seeing a lot of. Um, not the rust off. I mean, we had had a, a decently long break. So yes. to come to see them coming with that like slow start, it just kind of looked like, you know, they haven't played in a while and then they settled in. So that was nice to see um, barely good enough. That's kind of on the negative side. Yeah, um, I'll take it. So most of the people were kind of in that, you know, sigh of relief type of vibe. So, right. And, and let me just throw this back at, at both of you, because Forget COVID, forget Tuesday night football, forget Washington being down a bunch of players and coaches. If the Eagles stunk up the joint tonight and somehow Washington fumbled the football off of Garrett Gilbert's face and the Eagle and Darius Slay picks it up and they win it. 99 things went wrong except for that last thing. We're still feeling okay at least that they get the win. Like, we're still talking about them being 500. They beat a division team. It, it, everything goes out the window. It was a dogfight, et cetera. We're using the cliches and all that. Now, you add Tuesday night. You add COVID. You add all these other variables to it. 
I, I never, I shouldn't say never. I rarely like to go down where it's just like, you know, hey, enjoy the win and all the Andy Reid stuff. But I think in this case, if there was ever a week to just boil it down to, they got to win against a divisional opponent, it would be that bigger picture. Now, we're doing a post-game show, so we're talking about five to ten different things that happen. That's why we talk about Gannon, the defense. That's why we talk about frustrations. But if we were just to reduce it to three words or just a, a simple takeaway, they survived this week. They survived a divisional opponent. Yeah. 100%. They survive a divisional opponent, and and my feeling since this game has was moved to Tuesday now was, okay, let's get this one out of the way, and then they have to go play another game in, in less than a week. And that's, yep. that's sort of, I think, probably in the back of some people's heads too, which is why this is one of those things that, you know, you, you, you kind of wish that the defense did a little bit better of a job in, you know, the earlier parts of the game so that maybe maybe some of them could – rest a little towards the end, right? Like you, you, you wish that those could have been, that could have been sort of how we ended this game the last 10 minutes or so that you didn't really need your starters out there. So everyone could just not get hit those extra couple times and start to get there, which is what, you know, they sh- like kind of going back to what we said in the beginning, they should have just crushed this team. And unfortunately they hung around for a while, which is frustrating in and of itself and I think there were enough positives to outweigh the negatives where it's kind of just an even balance and you're yep. not really excited, you know, overly excited one way or the other. And I think because it's a Tuesday, people are just like, I'm, I'm so done. I'm so done with hearing about the Washington football team. Like, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that feeling, too. I, I have that said. I, is that it's kind of like Tuesday night, right? It's like disruption. So I feel like we all collectively, and again, they lose this game. It's a completely different conversation. Oh, hell and right. I, yes. And I reserve the right to change my opinion wholeheartedly. If in fact that hypothetical came true and it wasn't just a, Hey, you did everything you could to survive. It was, Oh my goodness. How the hell did you find a way to lose that football game? So clearly right? Going into Sorry. this game, if we, if they would have lost this game, in addition to how they played, it also would have been like, blame the NFL because everybody knew going into this game there were so many frustrations from the players from the fans because of how it was rescheduled and then all of these Washington football team players are now back and you know good to go for the game so if they would have lost it I think it would have blew up even more strictly because the fact that it got rescheduled and people weren't like just weren't okay with that it was kind of like Washington had a one-up on us from the jump. So it is good that they yeah. won this game and now we can focus on the next game. I will I also say I, just, just on a COVID point, I am so glad and hope that this continues that Ron Rivera is staying clear of it and is okay. Yeah. through this whole yeah. ridiculousness of his players, uh, his unvaccinated players, you know, unfortunately bringing this in and them having this outbreak i'm just i'm very glad that he is doing okay especially as it went through the like the coaches rooms too and stuff absolutely, i'm so i'm yeah. so glad he's doing all right yeah no well said absolutely no i, I agree it it's very very difficult i imagine for him on the day-to-day when you know that you're dealing with that type of situation and if it's somebody who just if it's their belief if it's them not taking it seriously if it's somebody who's just it may be anywhere in between because those are two more yeah, wider extremes. Whatever. Exactly. You're still at risk 
-hmm. in the first place if you're the head coach. And on top of that, again, it's not to put an order or hierarchy, but if you have an assistant, you know, trainer that gets it and is out for a week, it's not Ron Rivera who's out, who could be out not only from the game, but but for life. And look, all I was going to say real quick is if they had lost that game, they would have had to fire Jonathan Gannon. Right. And I don't I'm not even joking. Yeah. Like, how could you keep it? That's valid. Okay. Okay. There have been several, like, you are lucky to still have a job, my friend, moments. And had they lost to Gilbert and the and the football team (laughs) around 25 people and all of their coaching staff. Inexcusable. Yeah, I mean that you leave the link can never come back. That's fine. Are we seeing uh, more people turning around, maybe showing some improved love for Hertz? Um, I saw one person say QB1, but I've really seen too much on Hertz, honestly. People talk okay. too much shit, they can't they can't backtrack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were, Look, it, it, it was a crazy week. For, there were a lot of people calling for Gardner Minshew in the first quarter who you went back. That. Went back and deleted tweets. You knew it was coming, but no there, one. Was there were deleted tweets that were being had. Yeah, but come there on. There were some I people mean, that owned it though. That were like, if you if you saw me tweeting about it, no, you didn't. <laughs> like there were people yes, that were and, owning it, which is ridiculous in the first place. Like they should never have had to tweet something to own in that case back. Like you don't call for Gardner Minshew because Dallas Goddard dropped a football and went unless your tweet happened to say, you know, Minshew is so quick that he would have been able to race down the field knowing where that ball would hit, where Hertz was still, I mean, something ridiculous. Even that sounds outlandish, just me saying it. So, yeah, the fact that people would put that out in the first place is moronic. But I, I am, I wonder why there is a lot of just, I don't know what you people would call it, but people just being off. Quarterback. It's just is that it? They're they're infatuated with this like Still? idea. Yes, of the of the it's it's that backup goalie thing. It's and it's 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 not just it's like everybody being sort of infatuated with it. Yeah, you know, I was gonna agree with Tony a little bit. What he just said. I need Hurts to do it consistently. Like we know he does a phenomenal job, you know, running the ball. But it's like I think most people when they're looking at Minshew versus Hurts and the ones that are siding with Minshew, it's like seeing his accuracy when it comes to passing and consistently passing. We haven't seen that 100% when it comes to Hurts, but he has other areas where he's dominant. So I think more so that's what you're looking at. Like as a quarterback, you need to be able to throw the ball. So being able to see Hurts doing it consistently, I think is what backs the argument of we want Minshew. Has anyone ever watched Gardner Minshew for more than one game in an Eagles uniform against the New York Jets? I'm guessing no. I'm guessing that the you want to talk about consistency. No, no. it's not the poster child for such things. Let me tell you. I know it's tough to play in Jacksonville, but you you know, you you get sat for play and performance, not for health. It says something about maybe the trajectory where you're going. He's a hell of a backup quarterback because he can come in and make some throws and do things. But we love that. You know, this argument is is unfortunately not going away. I tell you, Hurts dominates the Giants on Sunday, and I don't think we'll see another Minshew tweet the rest of the season. You'd be surprised. Yes, I would be surprised, actually. And I know, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm surprised I said that because I know better. I know better. All right, so we'll see like 
50% less Minshew tweets. How go. about that? That's okay. fair. Yeah. You're right to call me out on that, Jess. I know better. Shame on me for even putting that lie out there. I was at a family <laughs> wedding last weekend, and someone came up to me and said, what are your thoughts on Gardner Minshew? I said, walk away. Get away from yes. right yes. now. Learn this it. is a no. wedding. Get away. Don't talk. Not the time and please. You, you like you need to turn around. Try again. Like you, you have to walk away. Try again to address me because yes. we're not having this conversation. No conversation <laughs> to be had. This yeah. I could have I been it. that consistent against the Jets. Yes. <laughs> and then he would have been throwing downfield. It's not like he was throwing fifteen times, thirty plus yards downfield. Uh, we can't open that door again. Let's let's end this on a positive note. It, they survived. Yes, they, they get did. a win. Survive. And here's the good news. The three of us are going to be back on Sunday right away. It's a short week for everybody, including all of us collectively, you out there. So we appreciate you hanging with us. Thanks again. Hit that thumbs up button, please, if you haven't. And make sure you're subscribed. We'll be back following an Eagles win, right, over the Giants? Yes. Look at that. In unison. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for riding with us. Have a great week. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.